Many Envies Amo Dao Zushi Fan Fiction Written by New Amsterdam And read by God of Laundry Baskets Chapter 2 His vision is doubled. Two scenes fighting each other in front of his eyes. The first is his family, crowding around him, grabbing at him, their smiles gentle but their grips firm and sure. The second is the misty lake, the water coming up to his neck, the vines of plants curling around him and pulling him under, as if seeing one version of reality out of each of his eyes. Zhang Zheng's head pounds, threatens to split itself in two. He opens his mouth, a hoarse scream escaping him. His mother shushes him in the gentle way she used to when he was just a child. Her hand strokes over his face. It's all right, she says. Just relax. At the same time, a vine curls around his neck, choking him. His scream cuts off. He struggles nonetheless, trying to push them away. But then his father is holding him by both shoulders, looking straight into his eyes with a kindly stare. You were never what I wanted you to be, he says plainly. But now you can be. Just stay still. Don't fight it. Another vine loops around his chest and shoulders, making it increasingly hard to breathe. Zhang Zheng chokes for air, his eyes stinging with tears. Zhang Yanli takes both of his hands in hers, her touch gentle but sure. As long as we're together, it's all right, isn't it? Thorny plants bind his wrist, cutting into his skin. Amidst the cool lotus scent, the tang of iron cuts through the air. They're pulling him down, and he can't breathe. And either he's going to suffocate or drown, but they aren't lying to him either. If he just gives in, if he lets himself go, he'll die. And when he does... He won't be alone anymore. Most everyone he's ever loved has died. What right does he have to be alive when the rest of them are gone? What desire does he have to live on in this world without them? That's right, a cool voice says, and it could be any of them, or all of them. Just forget everything else. Let go. Be free. Here with us forever. But hadn't he just promised not to forget something, someone, important? Blackness dots his vision like ink dripping into water. He remembers with sudden clarity another time when he felt that it would be easier to let his soul drift off from his body, when he felt that there was nothing left for him in this world. But someone had pulled him away from the burning wreckage of Lotus Pier. Someone had held him, forced him to eat. Someone had taken his rage and his pain and given nothing back but kindness and resolve. Someone had caught him when he fell. Someone had saved him when all was lost. I said, Zhang Zheng grits out, even though speaking feels like forcing a knife up through his throat, that I wouldn't leave him. His own power, which had gone dormant and complacent as he slid into the comforting fold of his family, flares again now, 
He can feel the key gathered there, burning at the center of his being, his golden core. Wei Wu Xian's golden core. Zhu Dian springs to life again, extending out from his hands and slicing through the vines holding his wrist in place. They're bleeding and raw, but he still manages to shift so he can cut through the plants binding his chest and shoulders. He reaches up, rips away the vine curled around his neck. What are you doing? His family cries out, alarmed. Why are you doing this? This isn't real, he tells himself. This can't be real. They're all long gone. A chunk! He snaps, his eyes close, swings Zudian out in front of him, but he still sees when the whip, at its full power, cuts through his father's chest and shatters his image. Stop it! Why? He swings the whip again, taking his mother's head off her shoulders. He gulps back the urge to dry heave, gripping his hands so tightly that his nails dig into his palms. The pain reminds him of what he's actually doing. You don't want to do this, Jin Zuzhuan says. Zhang Zheng grits his teeth. Don't I? He cleaves Jin Zuzhuan clean in half. He whirls around, sending Zhu Dian, streaking like lightning in a circle around him, cutting through all the ghosts and illusions that try to trick him, thought to uncover these wounds he's tried so hard to bury. Please, a soft voice says. Zhang Chung looks up, sees his sister standing before him. She's clutching a bundle of blankets in her arms, embroidered in purple and gold. A small hand reaches out of the bundle, playing with a young Yanli's hair. Fury scorches through him. He is the one who held Aling as a baby. Aling pulled at his hair. Aling spat up on his robes. Aling cried against his shoulder. He is the one who made sure Aling was clothed and fed and sheltered. He is the one who ensured Aling wasn't hurt. He is the one who taught Aling, who trained him, who loved him. Not this specter, not this trick, not this spirit that dares to wear his sister's image, her face, her smile. Aling is now nearly a man grown, with the weight of an entire sect on his shoulders. No matter how much Zhang Cheng wishes otherwise, his nephew grew up an orphan. There is no denying that, no changing it, no amount of wishful thinking will bring back Zhang Yanli and Jin Zuxuan or anyone else that Zhang Cheng has lost. Except that one person who has already returned and who Zhang Cheng continues to turn his back on. Enough! Zhang Cheng brandishes Zhu Dian, even as the image of Zhang Yanli looks at him in horror, reaches for him. You don't have to. I do, he chokes out, even as he wishes he could choose otherwise. The whip flashes through the air, catches Zhang Yanli around the neck. Zhang Cheng closes his eyes so he doesn't have to see what comes next. He comes back to himself in the shallows of the lake, kneeling in the water. 
The destroyed remains of the plants float back towards him, ripped to shreds and leaking purple-black fluid into the water. Petals and leaves stick to his robes, his hands, his neck. Zhang Cheng never cries. Hasn't cried in so long. And yet now, the tears fall freely. All the emotion he's locked up inside of himself for years. He used to hold Jinling close to him, cry into his soft baby hair, and promise that he'd never weep when his nephew was old enough to understand, to see him. He didn't want Jinling raised under clouds of sorrow, no matter what the circumstances. But what had he given Jinling instead? A life shadowed by anger instead of grief? He clenches his hand, Zhu Dian's ring digging into his skin. What other choice did he have? He's not Lan Shichen, who can hide everything behind a gentle smile, or Jin Guangyao, who can give a vulpine grin when plotting something dastardly. All he had was his anger, and he didn't know how to mask it. Underneath it, there was grief. But how could he let that consume him with everything else he had to contend with? The other sect masters, they all had their supporters. Lan Xichen had his brother, his uncle, his sworn comrades. Jin Gongyao would have had the same, and certainly had those followers who obeyed his commands and carried out his plots. Even Ye Hui Song had inherited a clan that wasn't massacred, even if he'd lost his brother. What did Jiang Cheng have? What more could he have lost? Wasn't Wei Wuxian supposed to be the one beside him? Wasn't he supposed to have help holding up the weight of the world? He knows he has himself to blame. He turned against Wei Wuxian, forced him to the brink, and didn't step in when the rebound of resentful energy ripped him apart. But what was he supposed to do differently? How could he have done anything differently? He slaps his hand against the ground, the lake water coming up to splash him in the face. Fuck, he groans out, throat sore and eyes stinging. Wei Wuxian. Slowly, he drags himself to his feet. When he'd gotten caught up here, he'd been looking for someone. He has yet to find him. He drags himself away from the water, cupping his hands around his mouth as he calls out Wei Shen's name. This time he's more observant, extending his spiritual energy to make sure he won't fall into any other traps. Between the dogs and the lake, it's becoming clear that this mountain is out to take as many lives as it can. He needs to find Wei Shen and get back to the younger two as quickly as possible. What if Wei Shen had fallen into the same trap he did? What would Wei Wuxian see? The Zhang family altogether? Zhang Zheng brushes aside that thought. Why would Wei Wuxian ever want to be surrounded by people he killed? And Zhang Zheng, who he turned his back on? Maybe he sees his own parents, though he always claims not to remember much about them. Zhang Zheng's own parents never spoke much about Wei Changse or Kangse San Ren. The rumors filled in the gaps of Zhang Zheng's knowledge, but when he thinks about them, all he can imagine 
are two people as good-natured and talented, as magnetic and enticing, as Wei Wuxian is himself. His muscles are tight, pain radiating out from his wounds as he stomps his way across the wet grass. He is searching for Wei Wuxian, but then he begins to sense the other thing he'd been looking for, Sandu. Had Wei Wuxian continued his search for the sword? He breaks into a run, following the pull of Sandu's spiritual energy. The sword's been by his side for decades, and he'd know its energy anywhere. The pull between them is strong. The sword is a part of his very soul. At the thought, something sparks from where it's hanging at his hip. Unconsciously, Zhang Zheng reaches down, his fingers grazing over Sui Bian's hilt. It's not my soul you're looking for, he grits out, very much aware he's talking to a sword. As he continues to race through the grass, ducking around tree branches and staying close to the edge of the lake, he grimaces. Inside his chest, it feels like a heavy stone is weighing him down. The air is too still. And then, all at once, a furious wind rolls through. The eerie silence of the night is broken by the melody of a flute. Cheng Jing's song is low and melodious, so clear Zhang Zheng can practically see the notes drifting along on the wind. From there, it isn't hard to find Wei Wuxian. He wades back into the lake, Zhu Dian, gripped in his hands, prepared to strike out at any other illusions or resentful spirits, but none come towards him. Instead, all the energy in this side of the lake is being pulled in one direction. The water itself is being pulled forward into a swirling whirlpool, and in the center of the maelstrom, eyes glinting red against the black night, is Wei Wuxian. He doesn't see Zhang Zheng, or if he does, he doesn't react to him. His eyes, though flashing with gathered power, are glassy and far-seeing. His dark hair whips around his face, Cheng Jing at his lips. His song draws in the resentful spirits, pulling them into a tumultuous spiral they can't escape from. Wei Wuxian pulls the flute from his lips, only to let out a dark laugh. Ha <laughs> ha! You thought you could fool me? His voice has the distant echo of power, of surety. It's the same way he sounded when he reappeared that night. Zhang Zheng and Nan Ji had finally tracked down Wen Chao. Zhang Zheng has never wanted to admit it, but this side of Wei Wuxian scares him. Even the sound of his voice sends a tense anxiety rippling up Zhang Zheng's spine. Wei Wuxian continues, addressing the spirits that are shrieking in agony, the flowers and vines and branches all being pulled down, down into the water. What could you possibly have to offer me? You thought I wouldn't know him? Wouldn't know it was untrue? Zhang Zheng freezes. Who is he talking about? What had the spirits shown him? Wei Wuxian bares his teeth, uses... Zheng Jing to slice through the air like a sword. The red glow of his power glows like embers, pulling the spirits into a dense cloud at the center of the spiral, forcing them into a smaller and smaller shape. I have my happiness, Wei Wuxian declares. I don't need your illusions. 
He brings Chung Ching back to his lips, plays three quick notes. The spirits shriek as they roil together, and then the dense ball they've been forced into burst. The pressure breaks, and the spirits dissipate in clouds of purple-gray smoke. The wind stills. The water goes calm, and Wei Wuxian falls backwards, laying in the shallow pool left behind, like he's simply relaxing on the shores of Yumeng. He laughs, his hair fanning out behind him. To Jiang Jiang, it's a blade straight through his heart. Of course, Wei Wuxian did not need saving. Of course, Wei Wuxian would never be so foolish as to fall for the resentful spirit's tricks. Of course, Wei Wuxian would see through the trap and overcome it. It's only Zhang Cheng, who was completely undone, who had to slash through pieces of his own heart to escape. Still, he can't just leave Wei Wuxian behind now. He stomps his way through the water until he comes up behind Wei Wuxian, He's still lying there in the shallows, Chen Jing clenched in one hand, but there's something else lying beside him, a glint of purple and silver. San Du. You found it, Zhang Cheng says, taken aback. Wei Wuxian immediately pulls himself into a seated position, flashes a grin. Of course, we were looking for it, weren't we? As Zhang Cheng kneels down to reclaim his blade, he sees Wei Wuxian rubbing at his eyes with the back of one hand. If he didn't know any better, he'd swear Wei Wuxian was wiping away tears. Shakily, he replaces Sun Du in its sheath right next to Sui Bian. The energy leaves him all at once, whatever adrenaline he'd had gone as well. He slumps to his knees behind Wei Wuxian. Hey, Wei Wuxian says, grabbing his shoulder. Zhang Cheng? Zhang Cheng doesn't have the strength to push him away, to insist that Wei Wuxian not get so close. What? You look... Wei Wuxian starts and grimaces. Well, you won't thank me for saying so, but you look awful. What happened? Zhang Cheng glowers, grabs a lock of Wei Wuxian's wet hair and yanks on it in retaliation. What do you think? Got caught up with those resentful spirits. Wei Wuxian yelps in protest, pulls away from Zhang Cheng's hold. His hand stays a comforting, solid presence on Zhang Cheng's shoulder. And fought your way out? Uh, even without a sword. You don't use a sword, Zhang Cheng bites back. Wei Wuxian spreads his hands. I don't have one. Now, Zhang Cheng thinks, now he should grab Sui Bian, thrust it back into Wei Wuxian's hands, and finish the whole thing. He should get back to Jinling, and then turn his back on Wei Wuxian for good. He should end this, now. But he can't. His hands are shaking, and he makes no effort to reach for Sui Bian. Instead, he looks up into Wei Wuxian's eyes and demands, What did you see? Wei Wuxian leans back, pressing his lips together. He's thinking. The resentful spirits were trying to get us to die willingly, he says, 
like he's recording all of this in his mind for later study. Showing us something we couldn't walk away from, hoping we'd die quietly. But... But what? Zhang Zheng snaps. Wei Wuxian has artfully stepped aside his question. Wei Wuxian shrugs. I've already died once, you know, and my life isn't in my own hands anymore. No matter what they offered me, I couldn't accept it. I can't leave Lanzhan behind, or Lan Zuzhui either. Zhang Zheng pulls away from Wei Wuxian fully, turns away as he covers his face with one hand. Still, the dark hollow laughter escapes him. What? Wei Wuxian leans closer to him. Zhang Cheng. <laughs> of course, Zhang Cheng says, his shoulders shaking. Is he laughing now or crying? Of course. What? Of course. Zhang Cheng sucks in a breath, his voice watery as he says, Of course you could get out of it. If that was what it was doing. It doesn't stand a chance against people who are happy. Wei Wuxian rears back as if Zhang Cheng has slapped him. Zhang Cheng! Am I wrong? Zhang Cheng demands. That's it, isn't it? You have second master Lan. This whole life you've built for yourself. You can just walk away from everything else. So why would you have ever been tempted? Is there anything left that you want? Shadow crosses over Wei Wuxian's face, his expression shuddering. You're right, he says quietly. I don't have the right to want. It's not fair, Xiong Cheng says, voice cracking. Everything you've done, and you get to be happy. Wei Wuxian looks up, stricken. The pain in his expression only stokes Zhang Cheng's anger more, because how dare he, how dare he look so aggrieved, so sad at this moment? What doesn't he have? He's always been talented, near genius, the founder of an entire branch of heretic cultivation. He has so much power, so much surety in himself, that he gave his golden core away, because Zhang Cheng was that pitiful, that weak, compared to him. And now, even after his own death, even after he took so much of Zhang Cheng's family away, he gets to live a full life and gets to run away to the cloud recesses and act so shamelessly with the second-ranked young master of their generation. How dare he? How dare he get love and security and peace after everything? How dare Zhang Cheng still want him? still want his companionship and friendship and support, knowing how utterly unnecessary he is to Wei Wuxian's life. Hasn't he been humiliated enough? Hasn't his father always preferred Wei Wuxian? Hadn't he been unable to reclaim his parents' remains without Wei Wuxian's help? Hadn't it been Wei Wuxian who had gotten revenge and killed Wen Chao? Hadn't it been the Yiling Patriarch's power and reputation that had kept the other clans from trying to cannibalize Yu Meng Jiang? If he can't win, if he can't have what he wants, why can't he at least have some peace? Zhang Cheng 
Wei Wuxian takes him by the shoulders, shaking him roughly. He doesn't even have the presence of mind to shake Wei Wuxian off. His expression twists into something horrible, even as his lips pull upwards in a smile. You're going to haunt me for the rest of my life, aren't you? Wei Wuxian drops his hands, pulls back. I've done my best to leave you be. But before, when you said I thought you've been taunting me, Xiang Cheng accuses. You're always around, always throwing your happiness in my face. I'm not, Wei Wuxian looks up, affronted. I've kept away from you. Why did you come on this night hunt then? I was already coming, and then Jin Ling told me you invited yourself. Don't turn this on me. This is your... Listen to me. Yang Cheng, I know you're mad, and you have every right to be, but... Stop it. Stop being so understanding. Stop acting like you understand me. I'm trying to understand. Wei Wuxian snaps, his hands coming down against the ground, sending droplets of water flying at them both. I cannot change the past, but I won't keep apologizing either. If you want me to stay away from you, I will. But you have to be clear with me. What do you want? For so long, his wants have been far-off, impossible things. He wants his parents back. He wants his sister to be alive. He wants Lotus Fear to never have burned. He wants the Wens to have never existed. He wants to have never turned on Wei Wuxian. He stops, gulping for air like the life is once again being choked out of him. He looks up, and there is Wei Wuxian looking down at him with another man's face. But his eyes, dark and gray, filled with intelligence and kindness and curiosity and concern. Oh, those eyes are the same. I want... He knows what he wants, doesn't he? If he didn't, he would never have left the deadly embrace of those resentful spirits, the illusory happiness of having his family back. He made a choice, and there's no denying it. I want... He starts again. The words caught in his throat. Yes, Wei Wuxian says, and his voice is gentle, but there is that familiar gleam of challenge in his eyes. Zhang Zheng knows that gleam. He'd have it before he'd challenge Zhang Zheng to a race or to a spar or to see who could shoot an arrow the furthest. He'd had it that day they'd raced up the grand white stairs cut into the mountain to arrive at Lotus Pier. He'd had it when they'd stood back to back during the Sunshot campaign. He'd had it just hours ago when they'd begun this night hunt with that stupid competition. Zhang Cheng hadn't even realized he'd missed it, hadn't even given himself the time to enjoy having it back. I want... He's going to say it now. Even if Wei Wuxian can't give him what he wants, at least he'll speak his wish into existence, and he won't be able to deny it to himself. And maybe, then, he can finally move forward. 
I want. His last words are swallowed as a furious howl cuts through the night. The blood drains from Wei Wuxian's face, and the ground shakes as something takes heavy steps behind him. Xiang Chung, Wei Wuxian says in a hushed, strained whisper. He points to somewhere behind Zhang Zheng's back. Dog. He doesn't wait, doesn't give himself a moment to think. Zhang Zheng immediately pushes himself to his feet, reaches out and grabs the collar of Wei Wuxian's robes with one hand as he calls forth Sun Du with the other. We need to move, he says. Now! He's still carrying Wei Wuxian by his collar, his mind barely registering how light, how small the other man is. Mounted on Sun Du, he flies low across the surface of the lake. His reserves of spiritual energy aren't at their best, but he's the leader of Yunmeng Jiang. He can push his own limits. Zhang Zheng, it's- <laughs> Wei Wuxian lets out an aborted yelp, covering his face with his hands. Somewhere in his bones, Zhang Zheng already knows. The amount of energy, spiritual, resentful, he can barely tell. Building behind them is immense. The roar of the creature behind them cuts through the air again, making the hair on the back of his neck stand on end. An overwhelming pressure is building behind them, and Zhang Zheng's only thought is that they have to outrun it. He's only ever felt like this once before, and that was... It's like the Xuan Wu of slaughter, Wei Wuxian says, eyes wide and glassy. But it's... it's... The creature roars again, and with that roar comes a physical impact, like the sound has been given another form. Waves roll out from behind them, hitting Zhang Zheng across the back. He grits his teeth, tries to keep his focus, but then another blast comes and he's knocked off his feet. Sun Du slides out from underneath him, and he hits the ground. He and Wei Wuxian rolling until they come to a stop in a crumpled heap. Wei Wuxian pushes himself up first, looking around wildly. A flare, he says. Zhang Zheng, do you have a flare? We need- I respond to distress signals, Zhang Zheng snaps. I don't send them out. Wei Wuxian rolls his eyes. What good is that to us right now? What about you? Zhang Zheng spits. Go on, call for Gusu Lan. Call for your second master Lan. Wei Wuxian clenches his hands, but doesn't hide how they're shaking. I'm not a member of Gusu Lan sect. I don't carry their flares. Stupid. So stupid. He doesn't even have a way to call for Jin Ling. Not that he'd ever invite his nephew into this danger. That boy knows what's good for him. He'll keep far away from here. Get up, Zhang Zheng orders, even though he's barely gotten up to his knees. We have to get out of here. We can't just leave it, Wei Wuxian starts to say. No one else knows there's a creature like this. You're going to be useless, Zhang Zheng hisses. The ground shakes, the monster getting closer. Zhang Zheng lifts his head and gets his first good look at it as its shadow covers the horizon. Wait, Wuxian had called it a dog. He wasn't wrong, exactly, but he hadn't given the entire picture either. The creature that comes lumbering towards them is as big as the Xuan Wu of slaughter had been. 
It walks along on four feet, is covered in thick fur that's striped like a tiger's. If Zhang Zhang had to describe it, he'd call it a lion dog. A shu. It has the form and maw of a dog, but a lion's mane and tail. Its feet end in deadly claws. Its mouth opens to reveal teeth as sharp as mountain peaks against the horizon. Its eyes are black and unseeing, deep and endless. By hoof of slaughter, Wei Wuxian says. Every muscle in Zhang Zheng's body goes taut, his head ringing as though filled with a thousand bells. How unlucky can the same person be over and over? How is it that they've encountered another creature full of resentful and spiritual energy, just short of rising to godhood? I thought it'd look more like a tiger, Wei Wuxian says, mumbling to himself. But it... but it's... It's a dog, Zhang Zheng finishes for him. It's a dog, and they both know very well what that means. The tension and fear that fill Zhang Zheng at this moment are nothing compared to the terror that's grabbed Wei Wuxian. Worse than the dog demons, far worse than any normal dog, here is his nightmares made flesh, a creature so malicious and powerful and terrible taking the form of his childhood terror. With that realization, Zhang Zheng knows what has to be done. He grabs Sun De back up off the ground, grabs Wei Wuxian's wrist and tugs him forward. Wei Wuxian snaps forward with the tug like his body has no resistance, no energy of its own. Take this, Zhang Zheng says, forcing Sun De into Wei Wuxian's hands. Take it, fly back to Jinling, and go get help. What? Wei Wuxian starts to say. I'll lead it in the other direction, Zhang Zheng says. Wherever they've fallen on this mountain, it's clearly a place that people rarely end up. Otherwise, how would the Baihu have gone so long without being discovered? Now that they know it's here, they have to deal with it. I'll lead it away, and you go. Zhang Zheng, I can't... I don't care about your stupid, compulsive need to be a hero. Zhang Zheng hisses. The Baihu is getting closer, and they don't have much time. You're going to be useless, and get in my way if you stay, so go! No, it's not that. I, I can't. Zhang Zheng, I can't fly on a sword. My core, it, it's not strong enough. That stops Zhang Zheng in his tracks. He'd never thought about it. How Wei Wuxian hadn't flown when he'd come back to them as a Yiling patriarch. He'd thrown Sui Bian around, had never carried it, despite how much Zhang Zheng had protected it and worked to get it back to its rightful owner. Zhang Zheng hadn't realized why until just a few months ago, when the truth of his own golden core was forced on him. He'd just assumed, now that Wei Wuxian is back, everything else is also normal. That he'd taken Mo Xuan Yu's body, but retained his own power and strength. What have you been doing? Zhang Zheng screeches. Just, no, I don't want to think about what you and Second Master Lan have been doing. But how could you be so stupid, so careless? How are you going to get away now? Wei Wuxian shrugs helplessly, his lips quirking upwards in apologetic smile. I can't. 
he repeats. There's a second option here. If Wei Wuxian can't fly away for help, then Jiang Zheng can. Nothing is holding him back from doing so. He does not consider that option for even a moment. Don't get in my way, he grits out. He yanks Sun Du back, lets Zhu Dian resume its true form. Mounting his sword, he races forward to meet the Bai Hu head-on before it can harm Wei Wuxian. He doesn't, can't, expect any help from Wei Wuxian. The fact that Wei Wuxian could speak in somewhat complete sentences after seeing the Bai Hu is an accomplishment in and of itself. He can't imagine Wei Wuxian leashing his fear long enough to actually attack the Bai Hu, and so the task falls to him alone. When they'd been trapped with the Xuan Wu of slaughter, Zhang Zheng had never even had to think about facing it head-on. They were trapped without swords, without any cultivation tools, and getting out was their best option. But this creature, the Xuan Wu's mammalian cousin, isn't contained in a cave. It's out in the open, stomping around this side of the mountain, and if they leave it behind, who knows how much destruction it will wreck before they come back with a larger, more prepared team of cultivators. If he turns around and grabs Wei Wuxian and runs, who will get back to take on the Bai Hu first? Wei Wuxian summons Second Master Lan, and will the two of them have yet another legendary victory between them? Fuck that! So what if Zhang Zheng has never measured up to Wei Wuxian? So what if Lan Ji has always ranked second and Zhang Zheng fifth? So what? Isn't he a cultivator just like the rest? Hasn't he spent his whole life honing his own skills? Where is it written that only Lan Ji and Wei Wuxian are heroes? Those thoughts run through him as he races towards the Bai Hu. The beast is big enough to swallow him whole, to crush him without thought underneath its massive paws. Zhang Zheng doesn't intend to give it a chance to do either. Zhu Dian flares around him, coming up on one side of the Bai Hu. Zhang Zheng snaps the whip, sending it to slice like a knife across the back of the Bai Hu's skull. The impact of the strike reverberates back to him, making his hands shake as he focuses on maintaining his footing on Sun Du. From the cut, resentful energy leaks out of the Bai Hu like blood. Zhang Zheng raises his arm, prepared to strike again. The Bai Hu turns its head slowly. It regards Zhang Zheng with two massive yellow eyes blinking at him. The amount of resentful energy built up in this creature is... It's too much to even contemplate. Zhang Zheng doesn't hear or feel anything. His world is narrowing down to the Bai Hu's eyes. The ancient and powerful stare that fixes him won't let him go. Cut its head off, he thinks desperately. Get done with this as quickly as you can, otherwise you won't survive. The Bai Hu opens its mouth, breathes out. Its breath is putrid, blowing hot drool in massive droplets towards Zhang Zheng. He flinches away just as the Bai Hu's tongue lolls out of its mouth. It really is like a dog, he thinks. He directs Sun Du back a few feet, then lifts Zhu Dian again. No more distractions. He has to finish this. 
He strikes out again, the whip of purple lightning cutting the baihu right between the eyes. Again, the creature's skin splits, ghostly dark smoke rising from the wound. The baihu itself blinks again, shakes its head in confusion like it's never felt pain before. The baihu roars, the sound emanating out from it like waves crashing against the shoreline. Its roar pounds in Zhang Zheng's ears, but he doesn't hear it so much as he feels it. The impact blows him back, and no amount of spiritual energy directed into Sun Du can keep him in place. Zhang Zheng's back hits the heavy trunk of a nearby tree, and he screams in pain as the wounds he'd gotten earlier slide against the rough bark. He recalls Sun Du to his hand, holds Zhu Dian in the other. He lifts his weapon, prepared to guard and strike as a Bai Hu comes towards him. Except, long moments pass, and the Bai Hu does not advance on him. Through the fog of his own adrenaline and fear, a high-pitched note cuts into his awareness. Below him, on the ground, someone is playing a flute. Wei Wuxian is a blur of black ink against the gray night, Chen Jing raised to his lips. His song is frantic, rising to erratic crescendos and cascading back down again. Instead of frightening, the notes are frightened. Yang Cheng rides low on Sun Du, coming up behind the Bai Hu's legs as it stands still. Resentful energy swirls around the Bai Hu's limbs, circling its legs like shackles. How is Wei Wuxian doing this? Why isn't he paralyzed by fear? No matter, Yang Cheng thinks. He has to take this chance now that he has it. He sets himself onto the ground, picks up Sun Du, and charges for the Bai Hu's back legs. He swings his blade in a wide arc, aiming to slice one leg off entirely. His sword cuts into the Bai Hu's leg, all his strength behind the blow. But Sun Du does not cut through the muscle and bone as easily as it severed limbs, severed heads before. Instead, the sword gets stuck as it cuts into the Bai Hu's leg, and when the Bai Hu steps forward, Zhang Cheng is dragged along by his grip on Sun Du. When the Bai Hu sets its paw down again, Zhang Cheng is slammed against the ground. The high-pitched music cuts off abruptly. Zhang Cheng! Don't stop! Zhang Cheng hisses. If you can do anything, focus on that thing! There's a long pause, punctuated by Wei Wuxian's labored breathing. Then the song starts up again. Yang Zheng pushes himself to his feet, calls Sun Du back to him. Attacking the head didn't work, and neither did trying to slice off its legs. What can he do now? Go for the heart? But if Sun Du didn't cut through its leg, how will it pierce the Bai Hu's chest? How did you kill the Xuan Wu? he shouts and his voice is a screech, the sound of sharp metal being dragged across rough stones. There is no answer at first. The song continues, holding the Baihu back. With the pounding in his skull and the pain radiating through his body, it takes Yang Zheng a moment to realize what Wei Wuxian is waiting for. He's still among the Baihu's legs, waiting to be trampled if Wei Wuxian lets the beast go. Zhang Zheng rushes forward, back to the spot where he'd left Wei Wuxian. 
Wait, Wu Xian hasn't moved in that time. His pallor is deathly pale. But he has Zheng Zheng raised, the song continuing until Zheng Zheng is out of immediate danger. So, Zheng Zheng demands, craning his head to look behind him, to keep watch on the Bai Hu. How did you do it? Wei Wuxian shakes his head, staring at his feet. It wasn't me, he says. I told you and Uncle Zhang, it was Lan Zhang. Oh, shut up, Zhang Zhang snaps. Don't try and brush off the glory. You were there. How did you kill it? It's... Wei Wuxian's eyes are wide, his pupils spinning as he tries to keep focus on the Bai Hu. They've got maybe seconds before it resumes its course towards them. It's... I... Zhang Cheng grabs him by both shoulders, shaking him. Focus! What did you do? How did you survive? Wei Wuxian is shivering under his grip, his fear barely contained. Rage courses through Zhang Cheng like fire, but then Wei Wuxian reaches up and grips his elbows, holding on to him in turn. His touch, even with Mo Xuan Wu's hands, is startlingly familiar. It's comforting and solid and sure. Lanja did kill it, Wei Wuxian says, gulping down air. He strangled it, used strings as a garrote, kept tugging for hours until it was dead. We don't have hours, Zhang Cheng says. Neither of them have ever cultivated with strings. He doubts either of them are inclined to pick up that tactic after Jinggong Yao's use of it. We have to! The Bai Hu roars behind them, sending Zhang Cheng crashing into Wei Wuxian, both of them tumbling to the ground. Wei Wuxian clings to Zhang Cheng's arms, shaking violently. Zhang Cheng, Zhang Cheng, dog, dog, he murmurs over and over like a mantra, like it's the only string of words that can keep him safe. I know! Zhang Cheng snaps, pulling himself and Wei Wuxian back up to their feet. He pulls Wei Wuxian forward, buying precious space between them and the Bai Hu. Wei Wuxian is dragging his feet, rooted in place, and Zhang Cheng grabs his hand and yanks him. Have I ever let a dog get you before? Wei Wuxian trips over his own feet, looking up at Zhang Cheng with wide eyes. Have I? Zhang Cheng repeats, shaking him. Slowly. Wei Wuxian shakes his head. No. Then why would I start now? Zhang Cheng asks. You wouldn't, Wei Wuxian says. It's something that Zhang Cheng has always known, has never been able to express to Wei Wuxian. He would have thrown himself in front of any danger to protect him, no matter what the cost. Hadn't he chased the Wen dogs away, even though it meant his own capture? He doesn't want Wei Wuxian to know that, even knowing that Wei Wuxian more than repaid him in kind. He didn't do it to be heroic. He didn't do it for gratitude. He did it because protecting Wei Wuxian had been his job since he was a child, and it represented the surest bond in his life, the one relationship he never had to question. That's right, Zhang Cheng says, giving him another shake. I will never let any fucking dogs get you. Ever. So get a hold of yourself and help me figure out how to kill this thing. Wei Wuxian nods, even though Zhang Cheng can see him biting down on the inside of his cheek. Maybe the pain helps him stay in this moment, keeps the fear from overtaking him. 
before. We had a trap, Wei Wuxian says. Lanzhen and I, with the Xuanwu, this thing is moving slowly, but one wrong move and it will crush us. The same might work again. We don't have any better options, Zhang Cheng agrees grimly. He steps back onto Sun Du, feels Wei Wuxian clutch him around the waist. He lifts both of them into the air, hovering at the tree line. I'll distract it, Wei Wuxian says, close to his ear. And you, with Zhu Dian? Absolutely not, Zhang Cheng snaps. What else can we strangle it with? Wei Wuxian asks, his voice shaky. You're not going to be the bait, Zhang Cheng insists, because he doesn't have an actual answer to Wei Wuxian's question. You just said we don't have a better plan. You'd be too easy, Zhang Cheng growls. It could kill you in a second and you'd freeze. Not if... Wei Wuxian starts to say. Not if what, Zhang Cheng demands before he can even finish. Zhang Cheng feels Wei Wuxian at his back, ducking his head. He wishes, with sudden intensity, that he could see Wei Wuxian's face and read his expression. He wishes it was the face Wei Wuxian had been born with, the one that Zhang Cheng had learned to read as well as his own. Not if I'm protecting you, Wei Wuxian mumbles into the back of Zhang Cheng's robes. I won't let it hurt you either. Tell that to his smarting back. Zhang Cheng thinks darkly, before the weight of Wei Wuxian's words truly hits him. Why would Wei Wuxian still look to protect him after everything? Zhang Cheng had done nothing to protect Wei Wuxian from his first death, had threatened on every occasion to send him back to a second. Can Wei Wuxian tell, despite all that, that Zhang Cheng still wants him alive, still wants him in his life, still loves him? as much as he always has? Or more impossibly, does Wei Wuxian feel the same? Can he possibly have held on to any love for Zhang Zheng despite everything? It's not going to get either of us, Zhang Zheng decides, not if they're protecting each other. As a leader of Yumeng Zheng, Zhang Cheng is considerably biased towards his own sex cultivation practices. Still, he thinks even if he belonged to one of the more musically inclined sects, he would still find instruments to be inadequate weapons. His biases are confirmed when he sees Wei Wuxian standing up in the branches of a tall tree armed with nothing but Chen Qing. Yes, the ghost flute has been part of horror stories and legends for over a decade now, but that doesn't mean the slim, tiny flute is enough to stand between Wei Wuxian and the Bai Hu. Idiot, Zhang Cheng thinks again. Idiot, idiot, idiot! He's been alive for, what, almost a year now? And he's never thought to build up his golden core enough to wield a sword. The Wei Wuxian of his youth had been careless, even cocky, He'd backed that up with incredible strength and cultivation, with genius and instincts. He named his sword Sui Bien, but his finesse with the blade had been nothing to scoff at. How could he let himself be reduced to this? His own heart beats against his chest, reminding him of the core that lives within him, the one he didn't earn or cultivate himself, the one that, 
once given to him, had robbed Wei Wuxian of his own strength. Zhang Zheng shakes his head roughly. Now isn't the time to get caught in his own thoughts. He has Sun Tzu in one hand, Zhu Dian in the other. When Wei Wuxian draws the Bai Hu in, it'll be his job to finish the beast. The Bai Hu lumbers slowly, its yellow eyes gleaming in the night. Has no use for speed. Whatever it reaches, it will be able to crush immediately. Wei Wuxian's song picks up, a gentle melody drifting on the wind. The light notes evoke petals drifting on the breeze, snowflakes floating down to earth, the gentle fall of a silk garment. Zhang Zheng breathes in, breathes out. The Bai Hu turns towards the music, its ears perking up like fairies would. Zhang Zheng's stomach turns at the comparison. He doesn't want to think of himself as butchering an actual dog. But the Bai Hu could never be a docile pet or a trained spirit dog. Instead, it could crush entire villages, devour countless people. Like the smaller demon dogs, it would render spirit from flesh, leaving nothing but a mangled corpse behind. He's not going to let that happen to Wei Wuxian. The Bai Hu takes its slow steps towards Wei Wuxian, the energy evoked by Chen Qing's song swirling around it. When its head is turned, Zhang Zheng takes his chance. He steps onto Sun Tzu, racing through the air towards the Bai Hu. Zhu Dian flares into life, and with one elegant motion, Zhang Zheng sends the web curving around the Bai Hu's neck. Zhu Dian makes a loop, coming back to him, and he grips the end of the whip in one hand and its handle in the other. He has Sun Tzu pull back, and as it does, he pulls Zhu Dian into a noose around the Bai Hu's neck. Wei Wuxian's song picks up. The gentle melody gives way to a faster pace, like the thunderous footfalls of an army charging into battle. Zhang Zheng pulls at Zhu Dian, drawing the whip tighter around the Bai Hu's neck. The Bai Hu rears back, balancing on its back paws as the front ones claw at the air. A low growl builds in the beast's chest, breaking into the air like the crack of fireworks. Zhang Zheng is yanked upwards as a Bai Hu throws back its head, still pulling on Zhu Dian. The whip cuts into his hand, the spiritual energy not harmful, but ever-present. Zhang Du keeps him steady, holding him up in the air. But even after a minute of holding on, Zhang Zheng has to wonder how Second Master Lan kept this up for hours. The Bai Hu tosses its head, stamps its feet. The barest motion of its neck sends Zhang Zheng swinging wildly through the air, his knuckles white as he pulls at Zhu Dian. Below them, around them, somewhere, Wei Wuxian is in the tree branches, playing an increasingly frantic melody. The energy that swirls around the Bai Hu isn't enough to hold it in place, just barely manages to distract it from the noose around its neck. It follows the sound, head cocking to one side as its ears lift and fall. Through all of this, Zhang Zheng holds on. Is Zhu Dian even making a dent? Are they any closer to taking off the beast's head? Sweat beads down his brow. Time is either moving very quickly or very slowly, and he can't be sure which it is. He pours spiritual energy into Zhu Dian, the whip sparking and flaring with purple light. 
by who howls its call shaking the leaves from the trees. The sound overpowers Wei Wuxian's song, and for a long moment, Zhang Zheng can't hear Chen Qing at all. His ears roar with the deafening call of the Bai Hu, the pressure pushing him backwards as he tries to stay steady on Sun Du. But the howl breaks Wei Wuxian's spell, and the Bai Hu rears up again. It jerks its head forward suddenly, and Zhang Cheng is pulled forward with it. Zhang Cheng! He hears Wei Wuxian's cry, but can't do anything as he falls forward. Sun De drops from beneath him, and Zhu Dian slides through his hands no matter how he tries to hang on. He tumbles through the air, crashing to the ground in front of the Bai Hu's paws. Zhu Dian is lost somewhere behind him, Sun De hidden among the dark, shadowed grass. Zhang Cheng! He's still trying to scramble to his feet when the Baihu's front paw comes crashing down on him, pressing against his back and forcing him face first into the dirt. The paw covers him entirely, pressing into the wounds in his back. He feels like he's just burst into flames, and he claws at the ground, trying to find purchase to pull himself away. He opens his mouth, and his scream is hoarse and terrible. Don't come here, he screams. Finish the job. Find Zudian. I'm not going to- Wei Wuxian calls out to him, his voice angry and scared. Find Zhu Dian, Zhang Cheng orders in the tone that has his enemies falling to his knees, that calls every unruly member of his sect back into line. I'll be fine! He doesn't hear if Wei Wuxian descends from the tree branches, if he races for Zhang Cheng, or actually follows orders and looks for Zhu Dian. The Bai Hu is pressing down on him, its putrid breath blowing over Zhang Cheng like a hot, oppressive wind. If its mouth is getting closer, that means it's going to... Zhang Cheng clenches his eyes shut. He's thought about death so many times, longed for it at his darkest moments, but not like this. He's not going out like this! He hears the snapping of teeth, feels steaming drops of drool fall down on him. Not like this! One hand is trapped by his side by the Baihu's paw. He squirms in its grip, reaching down to his hip. The Baihu lifts its paw just a fraction of space to nose along his back and licks at him. Zhang Zheng shudders, feels the graze of teeth against his skin, big enough to snap him in half with one motion. But the space is enough, and he reaches until he grabs the hilt of a sword. Get off me! He screams, and then pulls the sword straight up out of its sheath and into the underside of the Baihu's maw. The Baihu rears back, howling, black blood and spiritual energy dripping from the wound. Zhang Cheng struggles to his knees, then up to his feet. He's shaking, his hand clenched around the sword's hilt. His hair has fallen out of its proper bun, flowing in a tangled curtain of black around his shoulders. He lifts the sword, posed to strike again. The moonlight catches on Sui Bian's blade, showing Zhang Zheng his own reflection, his eyes gleaming as though lit with purple lightning. The Baihu turns on him, growling even as blood drips from its wound. 
Its yellow eyes gleam with rage, its breathing ragged and stifling as summer heat. Of course, Sandu hadn't been enough to kill it, so how could Sui Bien be? He doesn't know where Wei Wuxian is, or where Zhu Dian has fallen to. All he has is Sui Bien, the pain burning through him like fire, and the knowledge that if he falls to the Bai Hu, he will surely go after Wei Wuxian next. Yang Cheng turns his head, spits out onto the ground. There is blood in his mouth. He lets out a hoarse roar and charges at the Bai Hu. Sui Bien is a slenderer sword than Sun Du, its weight different in his hand. But he flips it up, guiding it straight through the Bai Hu's left eye with a surge of spiritual energy. The Bai Hu lets out a terrible cry, rearing up and swatting Zhang Zheng away. He hits the ground hard, Sui Bien returning to hover at his side, drenched in the Bai Hu's black blood. The Bai Hu lurches down again, the ground shaking under its paws. Sui Bien hovers in front of him like a guard, but won't be enough to stop the force of the Bai Hu's paws if it tramples him. The Bai Hu's roar is like thunder, so Zhang Zheng doesn't expect lightning to come after it. And yet, a blaze of purple light illuminates the scene, the bolt of lightning striking out like a whip and wrapping around the Bai Hu's neck. Force drags the Bai Hu back, Zhu Dian circling its neck like a noose. Wei Wuxian has climbed up onto the Bai Hu's back, stupidly, impossibly. His pale face and dark hair are lit up by Zhu Dian's light, because Wei Wuxian is gripping Zhu Dian in both hands, using it like only a true wielder of the weapon could. A wielder approved by Zhu Dian's true master. You never told me! Wei Wuxian yells down, even as he focused on keeping Zhu Dian pulled taut around the Bai Hu's neck. What? Zhang Cheng huffs, getting back to his feet, grabbing for Sui Bian's hilt. I'm supposed to spell it all out for you? Wei Wuxian has been able to wield Zhu Dian since Zhang Cheng became its master. Even in his grief, even in his rage... He had known then that Wei Wuxian was a person he trusted most, perhaps the only person left he could trust, other than his sister. Zhang Yanli had been able to wield Zhu Dian when she was alive, but she never had to. And somehow, after he lost her, after his resentment against Wei Wuxian had turned to poison, Zhang Cheng had still never rescinded permission for Wei Wuxian to use the whip of purple lightning. Now, grinning grimly, Zhang Cheng catches a gleam of silver under Zhu Dian's light. He pulls Sun Du towards him, holding it in his right hand, while Sui Bian remains in his left. His loose hair blows around his face, but he has no hand left to brush it back. Looking unkempt and unwound, he charges at the Bai Hu with both blades lit by Zhu Dian's light. He tosses both swords upwards, makes two hand signals, and watches as Sun Du and Sui Bian circled the Bai Hu's head. The Bai Hu, seeing out of its one remaining eye, jerks its head back and forth as it tries to follow the movement. On its back, Wei Wuxian is tossed to one side and then the other, kept steady only by his white-knuckled grip on Zhu Dian. Zhang Zheng, he calls out. Whatever you're going to do, do it fast! 
Zhang Cheng feels his grin split his face as he flicks both his hands outwards and channels spiritual energy to both swords. Sui Bian goes for the Bai Hu's remaining eye, while Sun Tzu goes straight into its mouth. Wei Wuxin yanks backwards on Zhu Dian, a shallow line of blood appearing around the Bai Hu's neck. Zhang Cheng extends two fingers, slices his arm through the air to mimic the flash of a sword. As he does, Sun Tzu cuts through the Bai Hu's mouth and out the back of its head. The blade surges forward with power and energy, coming to pause in mid-air with the point of its blade a hairspan away from the point between Wei Wuxian's eyes. Hey! Wei Wuxian calls out, but he's laughing in an exhausted, breathy way. <laughs> Watch it! Sui Bian and Sun Tzu are coated with the Bai Hu's blood. Zhang Cheng's spiritual energy reserves are the lowest ebb he's felt since the Sunshot campaign. He falls forward onto his knees, his strength leaving him all at once. Sui Bian and Sun Tzu fall from the air, clattering to the ground around him. His vision is blurring, but he can still see Wei Wuxian and Zhu Dian. The Bai Hu is gurgling up blood, resentful energy flowing around it like fog dissipating into the air. Wei Wuxian pulls Zhu Dian tighter, tighter, tighter. The garrot he's made shifts upwards, lines up with the whole Sun Du had just torn through the Bai Hu's head. When it does, a sickening slice cuts through the air. The Bai Hu's head mangled and torn. Both eyes blinded, mouth gaping open in pain and spilling blood, topples to the ground. The beast's body sways in place for a moment and falls over onto its side. The impact crushes the surrounding trees, sends the earth quaking for a long moment. Young Chunk can't tell when the shaking subsides because his vision and hearing keep reverberating as though fractured into hundreds of overlapping pieces. Wei Wuxian scrambles off the Bai Hu's back, Zhu Dian pulled back into its ring form. Wei Wuxian rushes towards Zhang Cheng, flinching and sidestepping around the Bai Hu's head. You don't think my luck's bad enough that I'll meet a third beast of slaughter, do you? Still on his knees, Zhang Cheng looks up at Wei Wuxian and can't help but bark out a laugh. How can his luck be bad? He's a hero who's slain two beasts of slaughter. He's so lucky. He's living a second life. Who's luckier? Who's more blessed than Wei Wuxian? Zhang Cheng stumbles towards him, grabs Wei Wuxian roughly. Zhang Cheng? His laughter gurgles out of him, and he presses his face against Wei Wuxian's chest. He feels like he hasn't laughed in fifteen years. Now, all the mirth that he's due fills him at once, and he laughs so hard he can barely breathe. He holds Wei Wuxian close to him, as if he'll run away and disappear if Zhang Cheng lets him, as if, when he does, he'll take this delirious happiness with him. After a long moment, slim arms circle around him. For the first time in years, He's held in the embrace of someone he can trust, someone he loves, someone who will fight for him. 
It's different than when Jin Ling breaks down and hugs him. In those instances, he's the one who needs to protect, to fight, to shield his nephew from anything that might even think of harming him. But Wei Wuxian had fought to protect him. Wei Wuxian had refused to leave his side. Wei Wuxian had killed the Baihu of slaughter. Always showing me up, Zhang Zheng grumbles. Wei Wuxian laughs sharply. Ha! How's that? Isn't sect leader Zhang the one who blinded the Baihu of slaughter? Wei Wuxian is the one who took off its head. Zhang Cheng grumbles. His ribs ache from laughing. Maybe one or two of them is also broken. We need to get you back to Lotus Pier, Wei Wuxian is saying. You're bleeding. Some of it is the Bai Hu's, Zhang Cheng mutters. Mm-hmm, Wei Wuxian says indulgently. I don't suppose Zhang Cheng can fly us back to Jinling and Lan Su Zhui? No, Zhang Cheng affirms. The world goes dark. His feet are dragging through the dirt. Someone has a grip on his waist, his arm thrown over their shoulders. His entire body aches. Two swords hang in their sheaths at his hip. Zhu Dian's ring back to its usual place on his finger. Wei Wuxian... The person dragging him along hums in acknowledgement, but doesn't stop moving. You've gotten quite heavy, you know, Wei Wuxian says conversationally. Maybe you've just gotten weaker, Zhang Cheng spits back. Wei Wuxian laughs lightly. Oh, of course I have, but you're much bigger than you used to be. I can't carry you as easily as I used to. Zhang Zheng shouldn't need to be carried. He's the leader of Yumeng Zhang, and has been alone with this world on his shoulders since he was barely twenty years old. There's never been any arms he could fall into, no security that he'd ever be caught if he fell. But being carried, being supported, it isn't so bad, is it? You killed a dog, he says. Wei Wuxian's grip tightens reflexively. I don't want to think about it. You have to go back to training, Jiang Jiang says. His breathing is ragged and it isn't easy to talk. You're Yumeng Yang's senior disciple. If you can't even lift a sword, it's a disgrace. I can lift a sword, Wei Wuxian corrects mildly. I just can't fly on one. Disgrace, Zhang Cheng repeats. Should I be taking lessons from my Shi Di then? Wei Wuxian wonders aloud. I'm not your Shi Di, Zhang Cheng snaps. That was true long ago, when they were both disciples. Back then, they'd never been good at fitting roles that had been laid out for them. Wei Wuxian never acted like the son of a subordinate. Zhang Zheng wasn't the heir his father wanted. Even the way they acted towards each other didn't fit the hierarchy they were supposed to ascribe to. Zhang Zheng would be caught dead before he ever called Wei Wuxian Xu Zheng. Wei Wuxian's smile dims, 
and Jiang Jiang realizes he's misstepped. There had been a casual, light air between them for the first time in years, and Jiang Jiang threatened that fragile peace with sharpness. His head is pounding, and he's probably still delirious from blood loss, but despite that, he knows he has two options. He can let things stand as they are, and let that peace disappear the same way the resentful energy disappeared into the air as it left the baihu, or he can. I'm not your shu di, he repeats. Wei Wuxian sighs. I know, I... I'm your brother, Zhang Zheng says. Wei Wuxian freezes in his tracks, his grip on Zhang Zheng going slack. Zhang Zheng slides forward, his chin hitting the dirt. He groans in pain as his body slams into the ground. What was that for you? He pulls himself up, rounding on Wei Wuxian, and then he freezes too. Wei Wuxian has lifted both hands in front of his mouth. His eyes are shining. What is wrong with you? Jiang Cheng demands, voice sharp as a knife. Wei Wuxian shakes his head slowly. It's not another illusion, is it? He asks aloud, but he's clearly speaking mostly to himself. No, there's no resentful energy. I, I would sense it. Zhang Zheng pulls himself up on shaking feet, reaches out and shakes Wei Wuxian by the shoulders. Cut it out! I'm not a fucking illusion! Wei Wuxian looks at him, a tender smile blooming on his face. No, he agrees. You're not. He pulls Zhang Zheng into an embrace. My brother, he says softly. Zhang Zheng is in pain has been through every emotion he hasn't allowed himself to feel in years, all in the matter of hours, and Wei Wuxian is crushing his broken ribs. That is why he is crying. That and nothing more. Jujie! Jin Ning takes an unnecessary leap off of Shui Hua, twisting in the air and coming to land on his feet. He races forward, stopping a foot away from Wei Wuxian and Zhang Cheng. Zhang Cheng is once again draped over Wei Wuxian's back as the latter drags them both forward. They both sigh in relief when they see Jin Ling and Lan Su Zhui coming down to land behind him. You're all right, Zhang Cheng breathes. He assumed there couldn't be two beasts of slaughter on the mountain, but that didn't mean his nephew hadn't fallen into one of the other traps of this place. I'm all right? Jin Ling demands. Zhuzhe, you look awful. What's happened to you? Zhang Jung scowls. Nothing I couldn't handle. He pauses, casts a sideways glance at Wei Wuxian, and then amends. Nothing we couldn't handle. Jin Ling huffs, crosses his arms over his chest. Don't worry me like that. Wei Wuxian laughs. <laughs> this nephew really takes his studies seriously, doesn't he? I'm fine, Zhang Cheng reiterates, pulling away from Wei Wuxian. He sways on his feet, but Jin Ling reaches forward to catch him. Jia he whines. Stop getting hurt, please. 
Zhang Zhang rests his hand on the crown of Jin Ling's head. Don't cry. I'm not going anywhere. And then Xu Zhui comes forward, half bowing respectively. Senior Wei, you look hurt too. Perhaps we should get back and you can both be treated. We'll all go back together, Zhang Zhang decides, still leaning on Jin Ling for support. Lotus Pier is closer than the cloud recesses. He hasn't welcomed Wei Wuxian back to Lotus Pier for some time. Even that last time, when they'd gotten trapped together, he'd been irritated that Wei Wuxian had dared to show his face. A different feeling fills him now, when he imagines Wei Wuxian crossing the threshold into the inner pavilions where the Zhang family is supposed to live. Man Su nods. We can send for Hong Guang Jun, then. He'll want to come. Yang Jung snorts at that. If he has to watch Second Master Lan fretting over Wei Wuxian, he may be ill. He'd had enough of that back when they were students in Guzhu. And now, these two are even more shameless. Wei Wuxian looks at Yang Jung. You're sure? His lips pull into a scowl, but there's no heat behind his eyes. He made a decision, come to a realization that sits deep in his bones. But somehow, his chest feels lighter. Yes, he says simply. Let's go home. The End Thank you for listening. This is one of my favorite fics, uh, because holy shit do I love Zhang Zhang and Wei Wuxian's dynamic and family shit, uh, which clearly also New Amsterdam does because, because she does such a great job of capturing and exploring that dynamic in this fic and in a lot of her other fics, um, but, uh, it's such a great series. I love this story so much. Um, and it's been one of the ones uh, I've wanted to podfic for a really long time. Well, a really long time being like six months since I'd gotten into this fandom. Um, but uh, yeah, this one was a lot of fun. I love. I also fucking love Zhang Zhang's point of view and doing him as a character because he's so angry and growly and uh, just it's the best and I love him so much. Ah... It's good. Anyways, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you have a good day, week, whatever. Um, and this finds you well. And if it doesn't, I hope it at least, you know, it ends on a happy note. And uh, I love that they get to go home together and be brothers once again. Now spoken instead of unspoken. And instead of it remaining assumed where they both understand what's going on and how this relationship is and they're both making fucking different assumptions about Wei Wuxian's like oh he hates me actually and like uh oh god that scene with in the lake where um Zhang Cheng comes over and Wei Wuxian is like 
you're not going to trick me. I know this isn't real. And Zhang Cheng's like, oh, yeah, you're already happy. Of course they can't fool you. And Wei Wuxian's being like, they're giving, they're trying to give me the one thing I know I can't have, my brother, like, back in my life. But I know that's not real. And they're both, like, having this conversation and not realizing that they're talking completely different and I'm dying inside. But I'm so glad that Zhang Cheng, like, gets the two brain cells, puts them together and is like, oh, maybe I need to actually tell Wei Wuxian that, like, I love him and he's my brother and I want us to be family again and maybe that can still happen. And, ah, oh, all it took was one beast of slaughter in order to do that. You know, the little things in life. Anyways, uh, I said I was going to sign off, but now I'm actually... So, I hope this fic finds you well, and if it doesn't, I hope that things get better. Um, and thank you for listening. Uh, this is God of Laundry Baskets signing off. <laughs>